Good afternoon. My name is John T, and it, it's so good to have you here, particularly if you're a visitor um, coming to support. Um, baby Hannah, it's brilliant to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, kind of bearing with us. We're um, not in our normal venue, so it's, everything's felt a little bit more uh, chaotic, but we're here and we survived. And I think that there is a group of people who are now watching this by live stream over on Borough High Street. Uh, I have no idea if they are, but we can pretend they are. And we can be smug in the sense that at least we tried. <laughs> if you are watching, hello, nice to see you, you're very welcome and all that stuff. Um, great, we're going to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 14. I'd love you to turn there with me, there's loads of Bibles around. John 14, page 1082. And I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to read verses one to nine. Okay, I want to get a bit of a sweep. Then we're going to focus just in on one particular little phrase. But let's read uh, these verses. Listen to these words of Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so. Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? We're going to pray. We're going to ask that God would help us as we look at this part of his word together. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that we've been singing about. And Father, with these words open in front of us, we ask that you'd help us to listen. We pray that you'd speak to us this afternoon. Some of us, we know you well. We know your voice. For some of us, this is very new, and we ask that whether this is new or old, that it would be precious to us this afternoon, and that we'd hear the voice of our King Jesus, and we'd listen to him. Amen. When people wanted to kind of come up with a nickname for Christianity, when they wanted to come up with a kind of shorthand way of summing it up, the way they described it was they called it the way. That was it. And it's a great description of what it means to be a Christian, the way. And the reason people described it as the way is because of what Jesus says here. I am the way. But of course, if you're going to have a, um, the way somewhere, someone say, if someone says to you, this is the way, your first question is going to be, well, where? The way where? 
That's what we need to try and work out together this afternoon. What is Jesus talking about when he says, I am the way? Um, when I was younger, um, I spent many, many hours of my life, I would say wasted, many hours of my life uh, watching an Australian sitcom uh, by the name of Home and Away, uh, which is still on, I uh, am told. Started in 1988. Alf Ramsey is the only remaining character from the original. Not that I'm an expert in this stuff. I want to say that Home and Away is dreadful in every single way, except for its name. It's a great name. Because if you want to sum up the message of the Bible, Home and Away is a great way to do that. Let me do it like this. Okay, here we go. We're going to do this really quick. You ready? The Bible starts with God creating the world and human beings living at home with God. Home. In perfect relationship with God. Being able to enjoy God and being able to have a relationship, being able to speak to him and enjoy him and the good gifts he gives. At home with God. But human beings did not want God to be God. They wanted to be God. God said... I am. They said, no, I am. And so humanity rebelled against God, and the response, God's response, was to send them away. That was what he did. That was his punishment on what they, for what they had done. So humanity no longer lived at home. They now lived away from God. And God made it very clear that there was no way back. In fact, God made it so clear that he put like bodyguards at the entrance to his home to say, you can't come back here. They were angels with a flashing sword. It was pretty dramatic. It was God saying, there's no way back home. And human beings live away from God. And Joe, the story of the Bible, the simple story of the Bible is the answer to this question. How can humanity get home again? How can human beings go home? That's what you discover throughout the pages of the Bible. And you know, the reality is that because we live away from God, away from God's home, this is a tough place to live our lives. Away from God is hard. I've got two main things I want to show you. The first one is this. We live away from home. So look down at John 14, those words I just read from Jesus. And look what it says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why would Jesus say that? Because he knows that life in this world is full of trouble. The only reason you say don't let your heart be troubled is if there's trouble. If I say to you, don't get sunburned, You would be expecting that's because it's a sunny day. I don't say that on a cloudy day when there's no danger of sunstroke. But here is Jesus saying we live away from home and therefore we live in a world of trouble. Jesus knows that trouble is a real issue for us. Now what? Is the immediate context. Who's he actually speaking to here? Well, he's speaking to his disciples, his close friends. And he's about to leave them. He knows that he's about to be arrested. He's about to be tried. He's about to be crucified. 
And he knows that things are going to get really hard for his disciples. Things are going to be tough. They're going to face trouble. If you just flick over one page in your Bibles to chapter 16. Look at the last verse of chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus is extraordinarily realistic about this world. In this world, you will have trouble. Why? Because we're away from home. So the Lego movie is wrong. The Lego movie that pronounces everything is awesome, everything is cool when you're part of a team, everything is awesome, it's not true. We live in a world that's full of trouble. And I want to be really clear. I want to get this as clear as I can. This is not something that changes when you become a Christian. If you become a Christian, it's not that you suddenly become immune to trouble. Like suddenly everything starts being awesome. Like suddenly then you get to sing that irritating song. Anyone who tells you that following Jesus means you will never have trouble again is a liar. Because they're contradicting what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. He's talking to his closest friends. So any preacher who comes and says, you won't have trouble, they're lying. Anyone who says that following Jesus means you'll have no more financial trouble, you'll have no more health trouble, no more relationship trouble, that all of those troubles will disappear, it's not true. In this world you will have trouble. Jesus is absolutely clear. And can I say that Jesus knows the reality of that trouble? Flick back a few pages to John 12. John 12, 27. So John 12, 27. Look what Jesus says. Now my soul is troubled. You see it? Jesus experienced trouble. Well, chapter 13, verse 21. After he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit. Look, if even Jesus experienced the reality of trouble in this world, so are we. And we all know that this is true. So what is it today? What is it that's causing you trouble today? What is it that's troubling your heart today? What is it that's making you feel anxious? What is it that's stressing you out, that's robbing you of peace? Let's face it, we've just heard from Sam, a testimony of trouble, the trouble. These have not been easy months. It's been hard. And all of us live with this. We, we live in a time of great political uncertainty. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Perhaps you're facing a choice. You don't know what to do. Perhaps your plans have gone wrong. Perhaps you feel afraid or uncertain. Perhaps you find yourself under great pressure. Perhaps you feel like you're sinking. Perhaps you can't cope at work. Perhaps there's all sorts of things that are going on at the moment. And often our expectations can be that things are supposed to be straightforward and easy. I mean, this is weird, okay? I think we live with an expectation that things are supposed to be easy. So I go 
take my car, I drive on the M25, and I hit a traffic jam, and I get irritated that there's a traffic jam. Despite the fact I know that there's always a traffic jam. And yet I sort of have this expectation that I, it shouldn't be this way. And we live with this reality of trouble. And there's something in us that says it shouldn't be this way. Do you know why you feel it shouldn't be this way? It's because you're longing for home. Because we're far away from home. I wonder how you react when trouble comes. Different people do different things, don't they? They're the deniers, right? The people who just pretend that everything's awesome. And they sing the song and they bury their head in the sand, the ostrich. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How many times do we say that to each other? How are you doing? I'm fine. Really? And so our response is to try and pretend it isn't happened, to try and find some way to escape it, to find a new Netflix box set that will kind of take our mind off it. Some people turn to drink. Some people turn to shopping. Some people turn to work. People will do anything to try and avoid the trouble, to try and drown it out, to try and numb ourselves from the trouble. Are you a denier? Or perhaps you're a self-pityer. You kind of, uh, you, you want everyone to know that you're in trouble. And, and you, you, you're very, you uh, become very inward looking and, and, and look at ourselves. Or perhaps you're a fixer. You're somebody who says, I can do this, I can fix this. You're a troubleshooter. <laughs> Which is a great phrase. I just go around shooting trouble. <laughs> There's always that bit at the back, isn't there, of the manuals that are troubleshooting. It's just irritating because you read it and it's, and it's not, the thing isn't working. And the first thing it says is, is it plugged in? You're like, yes, of course it's, no, it's not. You're right. You're right. That's correct. So we spend our lives trying to troubleshoot. Now, I've got some good news for you. Yesterday, I went to see Lego Movie 2. Who's seen Lego Movie 2? Great. I'm happy to report, I'm happy to report that Lego Movie 2 has grown up from Lego Movie 1. Listen to the anthem of Lego Movie 2. I'm not spoiling anything, really. Everything's not awesome. <laughs> right? This is the song. This is terrific. Everything not, everything's not awesome, but that doesn't mean that it's hopeless and bleak. Everything's not awesome, but in my heart, I believe. We can make things better if we stick together. Side by side, you and I, we will build it together. Everything's not awesome. Things can't be awesome all of the time. It's not realistic expectation. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to make everything awesome in a less likely, unrealistic kind of way. We should maybe aim for not bad, because not bad, well, that would be real great. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's the anthem. <laughs> They've really grown up. They faced up to what Jesus has always said, which is that everything's not awesome. But even so, you see, the problem is that even though everything's not awesome, the solution is still, well, we can fix this. I believe, and there's this, oh, I won't spoil it for you. It's quite good, if you like Lego. Jesus suggests a very different approach to trouble. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. That is a weird thing to say in a world of trouble. How on earth can we do that? Jesus suggests a different approach. Look what he says. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in me. 
Can I just say, that is a very big thing to say. Don't be troubled. Believe in me. Can you feel the weight of what Jesus is saying? I want you to notice Jesus is not saying, don't be troubled. I've got some ideas. I could help you out. We could could get stick together and we could be a team and that would be awesome. No, Jesus says, just believe in me. He says, put all of your hope in me. We're constantly told in our world, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Keep your options open. Don't test the depth of water with two feet. (laughs) Apparently. Um, Hedge your bets. Diversify your assets. Just don't put everything in one. Jesus says, no, put it all in me. Believe in me. And this is the reason why. Here's the second big thing I want us to see. Jesus is the way home. We live away from home. That's why our world is so full of trouble. But Jesus is the way home. I'm going to show you some words from Isaiah 35. I want you to see this. Um, because Jesus is using language that comes from earlier in the Bible. And it's really beautiful. Um, there was a time when God's people, he'd given them a land to live in. It was like they'd sort of come home. But they rebelled against him again. They ignored him again. They lived for themselves again. So again, he sent them away to Babylon, away from his home again. Again to the place of trouble, to the place of slavery. But look what he promised them. Uh, it's on the screen here. In Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah, God said to his people, So here they are, far away from home, in a place of trouble. He said, a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. See what God says? He says to his people, they're away from him. He says, my precious people, I'm going to make a way, a highway. Like a, a motorway home. God says to his people, there is a way back. Back home. Can you see them walking on the road? Try and picture them in your head. A crowd of people walking. They're singing. Can you hear them singing? We're going home. We're going home. It's very tempting (laughs) to use the football song. (laughs) That's the cry. We're going home. It's a promise. It's a road that's safe. It's a road that's got no dangerous animals on it. It's a road that leads back to the place of joy and gladness. When sorrow and sighing flee away and everlasting joy crowns their heads. God's people who've been in the place of trouble, God says there's a way home. A way back to the place of joy. Can you imagine, right? Everlasting joy. How different is that to, in this world, you will have trouble. 
you will face insecurity and fear and danger and struggle. Everlasting joy, sighing and sorrow will flee away. No more that crying and weeping of death. That's the promise. You go, well, that's amazing. So where is the highway? What is the way home? What is the way? And then Jesus stands up and he looks his disciples in the eye and he says, I'm the way. Do you see it? I am the way. The way that God spoke of, the way back home, the highway of holiness, the one who will bring God's people. I'm the way. It's not a road, it's a man. Jesus. Now, at this point, you might say, well, it sounds nice, but, you know, how do we know that? Anyone could stand up and say, look, I'm the way home. There's three ways we know that Jesus is really the way. Firstly, um, because he's the son of God. Look what he says. My father's house. My father's house. That's how he speaks of it. He speaks of home as my father's house. What's he referring to? He's referring to heaven. You see, Jesus, again and again in the Bible, we're told he is the son of God. That means he is eternal. It means that he's one with the father. In fact, if you noticed it, we read it earlier. He says, anyone, this is verse 9, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. He and the Father are one. The Father is God. Jesus is God, the Son of God, Father and Son, at home together. So Jesus says, oh, it's my Father's house. That's how I can take you home. It's where my Father lives. You see, the idea of God's house, if you were a Jew, you'd very quickly think of the temple. Right, The temple was a building that God gave to his people where he said, I'm going to come and live among you. But the temple was sort of like, it was sort of God's home, but it, people couldn't really go in. It was very frustrating. And no Jew would have thought of the temple and said, oh, it's my father's house, I'll just walk in. The Jews would have had to stay out. You couldn't go into the very middle. You couldn't go where God was. Jesus says, oh yeah, that's my father's house, actually. I can take you there. It's funny, isn't it? We treat houses. If I go back to my mum and dad's house, I don't really ask them if I can eat stuff. Is that rude? <laughs> you go and help yourself. Don't you, Bethan? You just kind of go and help yourself. You, you sort of, it's sort of your, it's home. And here is, here is Jesus saying, that's God. God's heaven is my home. And I will take you there. So Jesus calls him my father. Because, now this is why it's so important, remember. There's no way back for humanity. Remember, there's a bodyguard on God. You can't go back in. So humanity can't go back. It has to be someone more than human. And so the son of God leaves his home and he comes into the world of trouble and becomes a man. Why? So that he can then say, Oh, I could take you to my father's house. I can take you home. 
So he's the son of God. Not only is he the son of God, he's also the one who prepares. So he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. I want you to think what a precious thing that is. By nature, right, we can't just walk into God's house. Do you remember the highway? It was the highway of holiness. No unclean person can walk on the highway. No one who's unclean, no one who's a sinner can go into God's house. That's a big problem. Because the Bible says all of us are sinners. All of us have lived for ourselves. All of us deserve to be away. But Jesus says, I'll take you home. But we can't go home because we're sinners. We need someone who can make us clean. So what Jesus does is he says, I'll prepare the way for you. And when he says, I'm going to prepare a place, where's he going? Where's the next place he's going to go? He's going to go to a cross and he's going to die. How does Jesus prepare a place for you in the Father's house? By going to a cross, by dying to pay for your sin so that you can be made clean and so that you can go home. That's why Jesus came. The cross as Jesus stretches out his hands is like the bridge between heaven and earth, between home and away. And Jesus, as he reaches out to earth and as he reaches out to heaven, he says, I will die and I will bring you home. He's gone to prepare a place for you. You have a reservation in the Father's house if you belong to Jesus. On our honeymoon, my wife and I's honeymoon, that's it, I've only had one honeymoon, that honeymoon, um, we went to stay in a really posh hotel in London, the Hilton. And uh, Linda's dad booked it for us all. It was very kind of me. So this is, uh, this is a little wedding present for you. And uh, this is great. We had a very little car, little Rover Metro, which barely moved and squeaked a lot. And uh, anyway, I was very excited. I'd never really been to a hotel before. It was quite a big thing. I was a strange child. Anyway, and uh, we, we pulled up. I was feeling all kind of like grown up. This is really exciting. And uh, we pulled into the car park, and I went into reception, and I said, uh, yes, we have a reservation. And they said, what's the name? I said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Alcock. And they went, no, you don't. I was like, Ugh. I said, oh, perhaps it's under my father-in-law's name, which would be a bit weird, but nope, no sign of me. It was devastating. It was like, this is it, I failed. And then they looked, this lady took pity on me. I said, oh, I'm on a honeymoon. She said, um, do you know there's more than one Hilton in London? I was like, would you mind phoning, would you mind phoning some other Hiltons? See if any of them know. <laughs> She phoned around all the other Hiltons and said, yes, you need to go to this one. So we went at Unvalley, parked our car. <laughs> Slightly embarrassing. Could you go and get our car back? <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's a horrible feeling when you don't have a reservation. Can I tell you this? If Jesus is the way to heaven and you have trusted him, when you turn up at heaven, the father will say, ah, welcome home. There's a reservation for you. It's beautiful. And not only is he the one who prepares the place, he's also the one who comes to take us home. 
Jesus is not, he doesn't simply show us the way home. It's not that Jesus shows us, it's that he is the way home. And that is why Jesus will stand and will say to his disciples, he'll look them in the eye, when they say, we don't know the way, we don't know where we're going, Jesus, Jesus looks them in the eye and says, I'm the way. And no one comes through the Father except through me. Now, I hope you can see why that must be the case, that only Jesus can be the way home. Because only Jesus is the Son of God. Only Jesus is the one who died on a cross to prepare a place, to pay for sin. Only Jesus is the one who will take us home. There is no other way. This is the one way back, the one way home. Now, we're not there yet. We're not home yet. We still live in a world of trouble. We still live in a world where things are hard. We still live in a world where things go wrong, where we get anxious and we get stressed and our future is uncertain and things happen that are bad. We still live there. But this is what Jesus says. Don't let your hearts be troubled because you're going home. And you will have trouble in this world. But trust me, believe in me, and I will take you home. And the pain and the sadness and the struggle of this world one day will be a distant memory as we live back at home with our Father and we say, this is what I was made for. Freedom is found at home. And I want to say maybe that there's some people here and you've been coming to Globe Church for a while or maybe this is the first time you're here and you're still not quite sure what you think about Jesus. This is what Jesus is about. He's about providing a way home. He's about not just providing the way, but being the way and taking us home, paying for your sin so that you can enter heaven itself and live at home with God forever. That's the, that's the offer Jesus makes this afternoon to every single one of us. So what is it that's troubling you this afternoon? What is it on your heart that's weighing you down? Jesus says, I know, I know that there's trouble Believe in me. Believe in me. Believe in me. Lift your eyes and take hope. I'm going to pray. Uh, Let's pray together. And we're going to say thank you to Jesus that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We're going to say thank you that he's the one who can take us home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon. That although we deserve to be away from you, that you have made a way back. Father, thank you this afternoon that we can come home. Thank you this afternoon that through Jesus we can know you. Lord, we ask that you would please help each one of us in this room with the trouble that we face because we live in a world of trouble. We live away from home. Help each one of us to see that Jesus is the way home and help us to believe in him to pin all our hope on him, to place all our eggs in his basket, to not hedge our bets, but to put everything on Christ. Lord Jesus, we trust you and you alone. Amen. We're going to sing together. We're going to sing a couple of songs that help us just to reflect on this and to pray. Um, It may be that you want to just think about what's been said. It may be that Actually, you don't really want to stand and sing. You just want to pray. Perhaps there's something that's really weighing you down that you just want to say, take a little bit of time to pray about. Um, But we're going to sing a couple of songs. The, the, The 
song we're going to finish with is a hymn that you'll know well, Amazing Grace. It says, Grace has led me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. We're going to stand and let's sing together. Lift up your voices and lift up your praise. Join with the heavens declaring the wonders of his faithfulness. Jesus says, believe in me. Do you believe him? Do you believe that that's what he's got for you? Do you believe that that's what he's done for you? Do you believe that he's the son of God, the one who prepares the way and the one who will come to take you home? Do you believe he's the way home? If you know that that's true this afternoon, take comfort. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And if that's not you this afternoon, then I urge you, believe in him today. Believe in him that you might, that he might be your way home. We're going to pray as we stand. We're going to pray particularly for um, Kimberly Davis, who's one of our much-loved church members. Her mum is very, very sick, and she's with her mum. And her mum is at the end of her life, and her mum is heading home. And we're going to pray for her mum. And I just want you to know what a difference Jesus makes. I got an email from Kimberly this week. Her mum is dying and in loads of pain. And she emailed because she wants to make a gift to the Globe Church. <laughs> because that's what people who love Jesus do. They know where they're going. It's horrible in this world. But Jesus is taking her home. So let's pray as we stand. Heavenly Father, as we stand here this afternoon, we praise you because there's a way home. And we praise you because the way home is Jesus. We praise you because he's the Son of God. He prepared the way as he died on the cross. And he will take us home to be with him. Help us to believe in him. And Father, we pray for Kimberly. We pray for her mum. We pray for Matt and for Tyler and Hallie and Alex. Father, at this sad time. Please, please, would you grant them a peace. Do not let their hearts be troubled. Let them believe in you. And Father, we pray that you would take Kimberly's mum home to be with you forever. We thank you for her precious faith in you. And we ask that you sustain her. And then they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Lord Jesus, we believe in you. Amen.